You're listening to Pulling Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the people appearing on the show and not of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association or the sponsors. Well, everyone, welcome back in to another episode of Pulling Weeds. Um, kind of special lucky guest today. Uh, I think everybody in the Twitterverse has been waiting on him. But before we get to that guy, let's introduce our co-host, none other than we call him the professor. But he needs no introduction. Jim Huntoon's with us. Jimmy, say hey. Hello, everyone. Great to be back. There it is. There it is. All right. Um, and our guest, I'm going to let Jim introduce him. Jim, who do we have today? We have Mr. Steve Whitaker from Old Barnwell. And um, it's going to be an exciting show, I think, Tim. I think so, too. Steve, say hey to everybody. Hello. Well, I'm Weeds. Glad to be here. All right. So, Twitterverse, here we go. Everybody's got to meet Steve lately. So, I'm going to jump right in and hit him with the, um, where were you born? I was born in Tampa, Florida, 1968. Tampa, Florida. All right. So, you're going to have to take me from there. All right. Take us through... Elementary, middle, high school, all in Florida? No. I had a very interesting upbringing. I lived in every state from New Jersey to Florida twice before I got into middle school. Went to the eighth grade. It was the first time I went to a school a complete year. Then it didn't happen again until my 11th and 12th grade year in high school. And no, I wasn't raised in a military family. Well, I think you've done well. We won't delve any further into that unless you want to. But, um... Wow, I thought I moved a lot. Jim, how, how many times have you moved? Twice <laughs> in 48 years. You can't comprehend that, can you, Steve? No, no, uh, no, no bueno in my life. <laughs> All right, so where'd you graduate high school? Let's go there. I graduated high school in Hurricane, high school in Hurricane West Virginia. Hurricane West Virginia. Yeah, or as the natives say, it's Hurricane. I'm sorry, sorry. Okay, Hurricane, Hurricane. Um, no flip-flop jokes today. We're going to bring a new year. We're going to keep it PC this year. Um, so what happened after high school? Well, it's a long story. After high school, I uh, grew up in the 80s, so uh, obviously I liked uh, 80s rock and roll. I, uh, did you have I, long hair? I did. I had really long hair. Wow. How long? Uh, middle of my back. I cut off. I have. Uh, we might want, need a picture I, of that. I, I wanted to be a, a, in a rock and roll band, but I had one small problem. I can't sing. I can't play an instrument. But I did get to work for a little while in the music business. I got to, I could lug stuff around, and I could learn how to tune a guitar. So I've worked a little bit off and on. So I tell everybody I had a midlife crisis from the time I was 18 until I was about 22. Okay. You were, you were a roadie, Steve? Yes, yes. I did some. Uh, you said it. I wasn't going to go there. I've, I've worked. Uh, Local arena shows, uh, no-name bar bands, and so forth and so on. Anybody we'd recognize? Uh, a few. Uh, I've did about half a dozen shows with Kansas. Oh, wow. uh, A little band from Ackworth, Georgia called Jackal. I don't know if you know them. Uh, I do. Yep. They were uh, Southern Rock. They were big in the late 80s or into the early 90s. They played Myrtle Beach a lot, so I got to meet those guys while they were still a bar band, and did a couple shows with them. They were transitioning to their their more national known stuff. And they so that was a 
few guys that I've, I've met off and on over the years that were with a no-name band that went into some bigger bands. Uh, the drummer for Judas Priest, he played in a local band that played in my hometown a couple times. And uh, The drummer for Iron Maiden's wife is from about 20 miles from where I grew up. So our paths kind of crossed and kind of hit or miss, but I never really did anything too big other than maybe get a one-off of a show here or there just uh, knowing some people worked in the worked in the local scene just hooked me up with a like a one-night gig or something like that so were you were you local steve or did you travel a lot doing that i i traveled for about just like two maybe two and a half years from when i was 19 to i was about 22 and i did uh mostly uh Local bar bands that would play, they'd play, played a lot of military bases, Norfolk, uh, Hinesville. Uh, we'd play down in Orlando a bunch and uh, go over to uh, to uh, Columbus, Georgia, then maybe over to Dothan, Alabama, then back up through the and come back in through Tennessee, then up through Ohio, and back down into West Virginia. So that's crazy. Keep him going. I'm going to go prop the door open. It's getting hot in here. Did, did anything from that life translate into your new career in, in uh, turf grass management, Steve? No, <laughs> other than the being knowing that if I was going to succeed, I probably would have to move a little bit. So that's kind of my from my childhood life to that to knowing uh, I, I think I was brought up knowing you know being a in the turf business, especially if you're looking to move up and work you're probably going to make a, have to make a couple moves in the business. You're very, very few people work in one place and stay there their entire career and it's at their hometown. So I just knew. Wow. I, I thought I knew quite a bit about you, but that was, that was new to me, Tim. Um, it's all new to me. Yeah. So uh, how'd you transition out of um, the roadie world into your next step? Well, I uh, started getting in mid twenties and I thought, I needed to find something a little more substantial. And I had an uncle that lived in southeast Indiana, just out in the suburbs of Cincinnati. So I went up there and looked around for work and this, that, and the other, and uh, lived next to a volunteer fire department. And uh, I've got my brother was a fireman and a paramedic growing up all my life. And I've got cousins and uncles that were firemen all over the different places. But I always thought it was cool, but I'd never really, my thing, you know, I always was still wanted to be a musician, but lacked a few uh, essential uh, qualities of being a musician. Uh, one thing led to another, and I had, I had started working, and the hair went by the wayside, and met a couple guys that were sitting outside the volunteer firehouse next to where I lived at, and I just chit-chat, and I thought, you know, I got a little civic-mindedness, so I just thought I'd give it a try, and one thing led to another, and I thought, man, this is really cool, I, so I uh, pursued that and got my fire certifications, and one thing led to another, and I went down the road and became a career fireman. And where did you start that career? I started my volunteer career as a volunteer fireman in Aurora, Indiana, which is on the in the suburbs of Cincinnati, where Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio come together. I uh, from that point I transitioned. I was still volunteering there because I lived there. Then I would go. There was a big fire department on the west side of Indianapolis, called Wayne Township Fire Department. At the time, they were the largest volunteer fire department in the world. They did 10,000-plus calls a year. Wow. And uh, But they ran as volunteers, and they were transitioning to, like a lot of places all over the United States where volunteers just aren't showing up anymore. 
they were transitioning to paid. So I went into a part-time paid. So I worked on a golf course part-time or through the Monday through Friday. Then I would work part-time at a at a Wayne Township Fire Department on my off weekends from the from the golf course. And that's where I got my first experience on a build. It was a Belterra Casino at and just outside of VV, Indiana. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Volunteer fireman. Is that truly what it sounds like? Like, are you volunteering your time? Is there any compensation for that? Are they all different, like all Uh, the different area ones? Like, how does it work? I'm just curious from my perspective. Some places, when I first started out, it was pure 100% volunteer, no money. Then the city started, uh, we'd get, once a year, we got paid like five bucks a call, basically covering your gas money. Okay. But all the equipment and everything was owned by the city. Yeah. You didn't have to own any equipment. No, no, we didn't own it. It was a municipal department for the city of Aurora. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, like I say, then when I worked up at Wayne Township, it was uh, a township owned all the the equipment there. And it was a very large uh, uh, seven stations, if memory serves me correct, metropolitan Indianapolis area. They certainly were. But if you've ever been to Indianapolis, it connects with the Speedway and with Indianapolis airport is on the, on the west side so so for any of us that have ever been pulled out of a, a vehicular wreck by a volunteer crew thank them it's Most it's 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 truly a volunteer thing like yeah. they've they've given up their own time to come save someone yes a lot of training with that too steve right i mean i mean you don't, you don't just sign up for that and go put out fires or no. or pull people out of cars right no it's uh my first class first uh firefighter one class was Probably seven months. Oh, wow. And that was two nights a week. Then a couple weekends we'd go to a, a travel about 35 miles away to a, a an area that had a burn tower. So we were learning to do all this stuff. So it was it's pretty interesting. You learn, you learn a lot about yourself as a, as a volunteer fireman and what you're. Wow. That's awesome. I'm sorry. So go ahead. Okay. So first job was in. Yeah, that was a, that was a part time job to, for Wayne Township Fire Department, West Indianapolis, and that's when the the bug really hit. And I thought, you know, I think I could do this for a living. So I started applying a couple different places, and and uh, the fire department is a, it's a very competitive job in New York City. They get like at the time I was doing, it, they were doing getting like hundreds of thousands of applicants, and for like a hundred positions. So I never, I never went up to the northeast. Uh, I'd considered. I met a, I'd met an instructor one time that worked for Jersey City, and I'd ask him about if he'd let me know next time they're hiring. He he's like, man, you really don't want to move to Jersey City. It's 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 not a place for you know if you're not a native, it's just a rough area to transplant to. So it's so I had I tested a couple of places. I tested in you know, for some of the bigger Charlotte, Greensboro, and a couple of big places on the, up and down the East Coast, and. Uh, Ended up, my uh, fiance at the time, now she's my wife, uh, she's from southeast Indiana, and she really didn't, she's a country girl. I mean, she's a small town. There was less than 500 people from high school all the way down to kindergarten in the whole school system she went to. So she didn't want to move, so I started testing a little bit closer. I tested for Indianapolis, and there were another department that had a lot, a lot of people that were testing, and they came pretty close. It was you know, competitive. I always make two or three outside the outside of the the hiring pool. So we're on a on a standby list, and uh, 
ended up getting a call in uh, January of January ninety nine, I believe it was, okay. early, or late early two thousand, maybe I can't remember. When uh, a, a local department on the west side of Cincinnati, about thirty miles from where I lived at at the time, they were hiring, and uh, they offered me a job and did that for uh, 13 years and ended up uh, being retired due to a line of duty injury that didn't disable me, but it no longer qualified me for uh, pension coverage for the, it was a, and in the meantime, there's still golf course stuff going on in here. Okay. I said, when I worked at Wayne Township, I worked at Belterra Casino and I worked at a few uh, small courses in southeast Indiana. There was a, a golf course around the corner from my firehouse, and I stopped in one day and just and met the superintendent there and told him I still had an interest in the, in the golf courses and stuff. Because actually when I was – if I wouldn't have got a, a full-time job at the fire department from Wayne Township, I was getting ready to go to – Cincinnati State has a horticulture with an emphasis on turf. Ah. I was getting ready to go to that. But the fire department called and offered me the job first. I went that route. So did you have anything major that you had to deal with golf-wise while you were being a fireman? Or were you just pretty much a guy came to work on a crew on the weekends and mow and golf uh, privileges? Uh, mostly golf privileges once I de- decided to go after the fire department yep. stuff because it took – I was also a EMT and then everything, so I had – a lot of continuing ed I had to keep up, and uh, I was a, had my fire certification in the state of Ohio, so you had to continue ed to keep up with that. So it was it was a lot of family, a lot of stuff, kids, a lot of family. Yeah, I had a newborn, so it was so it was a lot of stuff, and I just uh, tough to do. I, I kept up the the golf course. Like I said, there was a, a golf course around the corner from the firehouse that I worked at, and I stopped and talked to the guy one day, and I didn't have a schedule if I if we didn't run all night. And I slept a good bit. I'd, I'd go in. I might work a couple of hours, just hop on a mower. Free golf, basically what it boiled down to. It wasn't, didn't make nothing like $7.25 an hour. It was, wasn't, wasn't making nothing to retire off of. And Sure. And then fast forward a few years later, uh, like a lot of smaller departments, you know, manpower is limited and a couple of injuries here and there. And I ended up uh, hurting my back and, Went and got evaluated by a neurosurgeon, and he told me my career was over. And I asked him, I said, well, how do you know? He said, well, I'm the guy that uh, the pension board uh, contacts to evaluate firemen in your area. <laughs> and I said, what happens if I don't get it? He said, you could be paralyzed or get the surgery. He said, if I, he said, you could be paralyzed or you may make it the rest of your life and not need it. He said, but that's a choice you're going to have to make. He said, but. Just know your career is over as a fireman. So I had the surgery, spent uh, the first year post-op, and uh, still in southeast Indiana. gets very cold. In November, before I decided to move south, my my daughter and my nephew lived with us at the time. Uh, we're going out to catch the school bus in 19 inches of snow. Oof. It didn't get a, outside of the teens from November to March. And I was like, this is no good for me. Decided to move south and uh, look into the golf business. Took a little while to get my, my feet going local because my wife was uh, advancing in her career, and so we needed a house chauffeur. 
daughter in high school. Once she got her driver's license, I got kicked to the curb, and and that's when I kicked it into overdrive. I was working at a local golf course in the Aiken area. And Which one? Uh, the River Club down in North Augusta. Okay. So that you met Patrick. Patrick he was there at the time. Yes, great guy. Great guy. One of my big influence in my wanting to pursue this. And I uh, went from there. All right. So let's jump in on turf. Jim, you, you asked the turf-related questions. I'm just going to go with chronology, okay? <laughs> um, so Patrick, River Club. You're living in the, the 803, as you call it. Is that right? In the 803, yep. Living the, the 2-9. Everything in South Carolina has got a 2-9 zip. So the 803. Okay, Aiken. That's, and the, that's the area code, right? Also. Yes. Right. And he's also known for calling it the CSRA. Oh, yeah, that's what they call it. Right, which I had no clue. What, I had what to look that, that up for? one day. Central Savannah River area. That's right. That's right. Because you guys have the big nuclear station there. Yes. The Savannah River site. And we're not too far from uh, where all the alphabet agencies have all their... Stuff has moved to FBI, all yep. the, all the NWS cyber. National Weather Service. Yes, all the all the cybersecurity stuff is in uh, Augusta, Georgia, near at Fort Jackson. So it's a it's an interesting uh, market to live in. DoD, HSI, all them fun ones. Okay, so um, what happens? Talk us through it. You're working for Patrick. Working for Patrick. You screwed I, up uh, a couple collars. You got yelled at. Yeah, no, did, I'm just uh, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking into school on uh, how I could uh, – I knew if I was going to advance, I needed a little more formal education than I was going to be able to do. So I started looking at school and uh, looked at uh, the online programs, Penn State and so forth and so forth. I even went on vacation, was in Myrtle Beach. I, I uh, met up with Charles Granger and kind of found out he's a, a local from my area. Got his start in the turf business, same area. I was, my daughter was about to graduate high school, and I was like, I had the wife uh, about 85% on board with me taking the summers that, or the, the school year and going up to Ori. Uh, but it just, things just didn't click out for me, but I, so I wanted, so I, I found out about uh, a turf certificate program through the University of Georgia, and that's where I got my uh, formal Education through the University of Turf Certificate Program through the University of Georgia. Did that while I was working. And uh, worked there for a while. Went uh, Next step after that was I went to Sage Valley and uh, worked as a crew, AIT, spray tech, flunky. Hey, I need you to do this kind of Was kinda. that for Mr. Green? I did. Uh, Chuck, then, uh, then it was when they were – and transition when Dustin okay. came in. So it was kind of a, a transitional period for uh, Sage Valley. Who Dustin, did you like working for better? Uh, that's a <laughs> <laughs> loaded I them question. Both. I, I, I like them both. I have no no issues with either one of them. I, I, I know Dustin a lot better because, you know, he had a little more interaction. From you had to work with him yeah, at, in yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was the guy that kind of, you know, had the day-in, day-out, face-to-face I would deal with it. And I like Chuck. He's a very nice guy. Sure. We're Past all, president of the association. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, that's a, my uh, driver's got a GC or a Carolina's driver head cover on. He's the one to give that to me. Nice. So, then from uh, Sage Rally, went to, uh, ended up had a little, right before COVID hit, I started developing a, 
I thought my back was giving me some problems again. I started developing some pain in my low back. So I told him, I said, I think I need to take a, a couple of days off just to maybe give it a rest or whatever, just to see what's going on. Well, it didn't let go. Long story short, went to a orthopedic doctor. He did some x-rays. wasn't my back. It was a hip. Roll into 2020 when COVID's rolling around. So I found out I needed to have a hip surgery. So it took off. 2020, had uh, he did an or a, a small procedure, seeing if I was going to need to have a total hip replacement. The small procedure didn't work, had a total hip replacement. So I was off until October of 2020. Calling around, you know, it's a, it's a small clique that we work in, spread out over a large area. A guy I knew that I'd met worked in the Hilton Head area. He knew a superintendent in Augusta at Westlake. He's all, and that superintendent's a, also a member of the Carolinas, Brian McConville. Give him a shout-out. Yep. Found out he needed, was looking for some help, and uh, he and I chit-chatted, and I, and I told him, said, look, I'm, I'm not looking to stay as a crew guy, but I know you don't have any assistant positions. I said, you know, if you don't mind me, I may be testing, people calling you, I may need some time off here and there, you know, to network the whole nine yards. He said, cool. He said, I'm going to use you for the skill set I know you have. So just just so we're on the same page, I was like, hey, that's cool. So I kind of worked as an unofficial assistant, you know, with him and just uh, figuratively and literally getting my legs back underneath me after a surgery. And shortly after that, I, uh, I went to the uh, – Midlands Christmas at the Ponderosa. Pondo. At the Pondo. Dina, shout out for his stuff. Had a great meal. Hadn't swung a golf club in about a year and a half. Ended up getting teamed up with Grayson Clark and Nick Price from up at Camden. And uh, got talking, and I told asked both of them, said, hey, if you hear of any assistant positions come open, I would appreciate you giving me a yell. About a week or two later, Grayson gives me a call. He said, are you serious about looking for an assistant job? Man, he worked, he, at the time, he was his, the superintendent at Wildwood in Columbia. Mind you, I live in Aiken. And uh, got a daughter in college, so relocation is kind of tough. I thought, eh. So that's about an hour, hour and 15-minute commute. Is that yeah. for those listeners that don't know? 69 miles. There you go. Miles. That's interstate miles for the yeah. most part. And Wildwood's on the wrong side of Columbia for Aiken, isn't it? Cool. Yes. Yep. It's on the northeast side. And 20 sucks through Malfunction Junction there. Yeah, and during the peak of when they had... Construction all the way yes. out to Lexington. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got you. All right. So uh, you, were, you were hanging out with Grayson for a couple yeah. months. Yeah. I uh, worked with Grayson for a year. And uh, the scuttle about places uh, being built... Back in my in my area code, <laughs> or uh, or my zip code, or or starting to pop up. Nothing's nobody knows for sure. A lot of the behind the scenes stuff was going on. On a whim, when I when I heard what was going on, and I found out about Old Barnwell coming about, I had met John when I met you at the when the Congaree had the the PGA their first PGA yep. event. Yep. We that, volunteered together yes, at that. Yes, we did. You worked a whole lot harder than I did that week, <laughs> Steve, just for the record. <laughs> you don't say, Tim. Come on, Jim. You weren't there. <laughs> uh, well, I'll disagree. I think we both put in some good work. But uh, 
I met John, and uh, I thought, you know what? When I found out about it, I actually gave you a call. I said, do you think it would be wrong of me to call and congratulate him and tell him, hey, you know, I live in the area. I would at least like for you to throw my uh, for sure. resume in the mix when they get to that point. What did I tell you? You said absolutely. For sure. So, it's the only way. And uh, It's long- relationships, right, isn't it, Jim? It is, Tim, and I just I know for a fact that you get a lot of those calls. And Not a lot, but I mean, all right, when you, they know each other, it's it's like just connect the dots. But that's part of what you do is you connect dots, and and part of your role with the association is you get a lot of calls like that, right? And you, um, <clears throat> you're not in the business of matchmaking or career placement. But I did not get ten percent for that <laughs> connection. <laughs> but I'm uh, not an agency. <laughs> I know I've called you with questions like that in the past too. I just, man, we like keeping it within the family, within the Carolinas. A lot of our leaders aren't from here, but that's okay. But, but Steve, you were, I mean, you were also interested in the tree farm, as I remember, as well, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, had, I, had a, I had sent, as they were beginning, uh, I had uh, submitted a resume into, into, uh, to Nick Roth, uh, the uh, director there. And uh, from what I understand, he had brought, he had a guy that, Came with him from his uh, club that he came from, and he had a, a student that he was going to hire. So it was a yeah. he had he had a he had a, a full house already. So. Okay, so uh, back to old Barnwell, and um, back to um, John. So you got in touch with John and told him that you would be interested. Yeah, I I called him and I uh, I uh, congratulated him on the on the new job and being a being a taxpayer in Aiken County too, I was, I was, you know, very excited about the, you know, the, the work and everything, the growth that's coming to Aiken County. It was a, a very exciting time, both with the tree farm and, and Old Barn welcome to the county. So it was, you know, I knew a, a lot of work would be coming. I know, you know, it's, I like, you know, just see, I just like seeing the progress. So it was whether I got a job or didn't job, you know, I knew I was glad that came about. And uh, John was very cordial to me on the, when I called him and he said, yes, send me a resume. He said, I'm not, I'm, you know, he wasn't, he made no bones about it. He said he wasn't going to be the one that hired that, you know, he would wait right. till he got a superintendent in, in place. And uh, a few months later, I got a call from Chase and, you know, started the interview process and that led to being, a, being hired. To, and for a couple months, it was me, Chase, and John were the only Old Barnwell employees on property at Old Barnwell before the Patrick rain. wasn't there at that point. Not yet. He was. He had been hired, but he was finishing out. Yep. His uh, his, I guess, uh, notice and some other stuff was going on. He was at Congaree, so he was. But it was it was known that he was coming. Was, Are we allowed to talk about Barnwell and that creation? Can we? Now that we got to that, have you been there yet? Yes, I have. So I'm going to cut in. So when you you turn in and you're waiting to see a structure all i saw was 18 wheeler trailers semi what do you call those connex yeah containers yeah shipping containers essentially yeah saw like a half dozen maybe 10 12 of those things lined up and then as you get closer you see there's turf equipment in them and i'm like okay so that's the maintenance facility and then you go around the corner and there's no clubhouse yet just a little, you know, temporary structure. Modular home. 
Yeah. So, were you in charge of lining up those containers? Uh, <laughs> way were above, the containers there when you got there? One was. One. One. No, two. I take it back. Two. We had a we had an office container, and then we had just a storage container. So everyone needs to know that that golf course was built out of containers, not a maintenance facility. Uh, that's pretty I, common. As of, really, yeah, as of we're speaking. <laughs> so I'm the idiot here. Well, maybe for the non non construction folks. Yeah, I mean that's pretty normal to. So um, you get the facility after the fact. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of facilities in the Carolinas open up with either a mobile home or a modular home as the clubhouse until they build the. Wow. Yeah, and the containers. I just that and, was pretty impressive. Because yeah. it gets a little warm down there in Barnwell during the summer in a container. I got to imagine. And generators. How about snakes around them things too? And my time there, we've. We, when I say we, I'm talking about the collective uh, contractors and everybody. I think four or five uh, timber eastern diamondback, I don't know what they are, from rattlesnakes, have at least four foot long. Yeah, no, that's no bueno. Definitely. And snake boots are hot, too. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. All right, so how long of a process was that as the third employee until you opened? Until we opened over, we uh, – I came on board in May of 22. Okay. We had temporary play in winter of 2223. Yeah, I think late October we had, and it was called we had a seven hole loop. Yep. It was 1 through 5, 17 and 18. And uh that was an interesting experience uh, at the time I believe we were probably the only golf course in the state of South Carolina that at Fescue Fairways. Okay. And they were beautiful. Yeah, it was it was very green. It was so we had we had some uh, some areas we'd had our, our permanent turf that was down on the slopes and stuff like that. And then we uh, went with the we uh, we did fescue for the for the preview play for the seven hole loop and Do you s- s- sod that or hydro seed it? We hydro seeded that. And Steve bent grass greens at that time. Yes, we did. We had uh, seven bent grass greens, so I tell everybody, you know, not only we're we did a construction, we did a renovation of seven holes, and finished building 11 more holes, all within two years. So that was, this was really the first time that you'd ever been on a, on a, on a construction? On, on, a, a, on, a, on a big build, yes. Yeah. I did a, a little, help finish to help grow in at the, the casino. At the casino, yeah. We were just sodding in some, a lot of mounding and out of play area, but all the, all the playing surfaces was already established. Do you like the construction flow or the maintenance flow better, Steve? Um, maintenance, hundred percent. You like a routine? Yeah, I do. I like. I like to. I'm a grass guy. I've seen enough dirt to. All right. So, are you the setup guy now? Is that what I'm seeing on the Twitter machine? I do set up. Me and our other assistant, we usually uh, we split them up, and he does nine, and I do nine. So All right. What kind of cup cutter are you using? I use old school. He's got a high O pound. I don't like it. I'm old school. I drive it in and put my foot on it. Is there any challenge between the transition of the two different devices day to day? Doesn't affect it at all. No, no. Like there's no I, complaints. I just, my my plug's better than yours. No, it's 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 pretty good. Dumb questions, Jim. Oh, these are good questions. Okay, all right. Just a matter of preference. Ohio uh, is a lot heavier. I don't. You know, and that's I'm, the one that's I'm, the one drop thing. He's supposed to be. Yeah, they, he pounded yeah. it down. I was like I was a high guy, Steve. I was. Now my um. 
the the guys that that I worked with um, would never use the high o though. They would always go with the lever action parade. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I'm familiar with. Yeah, yeah but uh, even, we don't. That one's not even lever action. We got it's a foot action you put on top of the. Ah, yeah. It's, it's got it's got three. Okay. Prongs, levers, or what? Stick out of the side, and you stick your foot on, and pull up on the handle. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, and the, your back, you can do all this. Yeah. Yeah, I like to say I'm wasn't I'm not disabled, you know. I didn't mean I, it like yeah, that, but yeah. still, I mean surgery yeah. itself. I mean, yeah, it's it's all a matter of a want to and and desire and passion. It's a, yeah, well, I've, passion and pain—that's a whole podcast episode in and yeah. of itself. Yeah, Tim, the high O probably weighs Steve what thirty pounds. Yeah, it's heavy. It's a beast to but tote it's, around. It's, then. it's it's heavy to carry, but it's in my opinion, it's easier on the body to cut the cup. So have either of you ever worked at a golf course where you could just drive the cart right up to where you want to cut the pin in and then drive the cart over to the old cup and back? Or No, cart stays on the path at, at my course at all times, Tim. Okay, that's a different story about yeah. which golf professional I saw drive a golf cart on a green at the ocean course. but It happens. I mean, I mean, we do drive carts on greens for other things. So I, That was the argument at the time, I think. It's like, well, how did you get the fungicide out here? But anyway, so, okay. So, Steve, you really um, started your um, path in the social media world and Twitter um, before you got to Old Barnwell. Yes, yeah, I was. Uh, I was still working at Westlake in, in Augusta, and that's when you started it. Yeah, just kind of on a whim. I believe it was Richard Brown from up in Florence. He and I had befriended each other, and uh, he just said, "You really got to get it." He said. Give it a try. He said it's a good way to network. He said you'll meet people, see some cool, cool pictures, and this, that, and the other. I, you know, was taking some. So work. he's the one we have to blame for starting this. Uh, sort of, yeah. He's here today, right? Yes. He We're going to have a discussion about that. We might. Yeah, need it's kind of. It's kind of. He's a. He. He was a. a All right. Rough estimate. How many people have you met through Turf Twitter versus in person? Like, what's your ratio? Oh, probably. Is it more via social media? Uh, probably I'm going to have to go with 70, 30. I've, you know, I've met a lot of people going to the – my first time going to the Carolina show, I was walking around, people were like, hey, you're Steve Whitaker. I'm like, hey, I know that. Hey, I follow you on Twitter. Hey, I follow you on Twitter. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. It is. And, you know, I've got a lot of members that – I've had a lot of members that follow my stuff. And I kind of wonder sometimes, you know, Am I doing too much? Uh, but I've had members that come to and say, yeah, I really appreciate the updates. That's yeah. how, you know, because uh, we're a national membership club and we have, you know, people that don't live close by. So they kind of keep, you know, can live vicariously through what I post on it. You know, and I, I try not to give myself any credit. You know, I, the team does, my guys do a great job. I'm, I'm just one small cog in the wheel, you know, good leadership with uh, John Lavelle and uh, Chase Watson. Hey, you've listened to enough podcasts about tapping the table. Come on now. Pay attention, Steve. Oh, my bad. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Keep going. So, as, you know, like I said, I'm not – I don't do this to try to, you know, point any fingers at me. I, I like what I don't I think we've, anybody's ever felt that yeah, way. Yeah. I think uh, it's always been pretty pure. It's always been pretty, you know, just informative. Here's what's going on today. You know, not a lot of look at me. There's some that I think do that for that reason. And I, You know, I like it. It's, it just shares – I'm – I'm not gonna lie. I'm proud of what I do. That's you know I've, for sure. Uh, but I've, one of the I've coolest to, logos around. Yeah, I've you know, but the pride that I have in what I do, it's been from you know uh, not necessarily because old Barnwell's uh, 
the recognition that it's getting right now. I have a smaller clubs I've been at it. You know, I've still, you know, I posted stuff at Westlake and just, I just like the way the, the you know, I'm blessed. The Lord bless me and see get to see the sunrise in the mornings. It's a great thing about working on a golf course. You get to get to experience a lot of the weather, but it's the pros definitely outweigh the cons, I think, on seeing everything that you Keep talking. It's just a picture for the when we post this thing. All right. So, yeah, <laughs> he gets so nervous with the camera, folks. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about birds then, Steve, real quick. Let's talk about birds. Jimmy, ask him something about birds. Okay. How does he feel about them? What species of owl is that on the old Barnwell uh, logo? It's a barn owl. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Dan, what do you think? What's your Are, favorite species of bird? I think I know where you're going with this, and there's not any. <laughs> I'm not, he don't like I birds. I don't like birds. Birds are <laughs> they freak him out. Yes, yes. You're, funny you're, funny you're, story. When I was a fireman, we went on a went on a call to assist our ambulance and uh, helping a, a gentleman out. And I come walking in. I heard this bird squawking. I was like, and "You about panicked?" And I just froze. I'm like, and everybody's looking at me like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "Man, I don't do birds. <laughs> they weird me out. They weird me out." Is this stem from Alfred Hitchcock? I don't know. I got three older brothers, I don't know, and there's all kinds of stuff that used to mess me. You guys never had, like, pheasant or quail hunt growing up and had some incident or anything? No, no. I've I've only watched a part of the birds, if that's where you're... That's where I was going, yeah. Yeah, no. Nah. Nah. Only other movie that really freaked me out is Monkey, the Flying Monkey from The Wizard of Oz. I don't watch that movie either. Yeah. <laughs> 55 years old, I'm not afraid to say No, nah, the birds thing spent, just threw me when that came I, up the first time. I'm like, is there a specific species? He's like, no, all <laughs> birds. Yeah, especially <laughs> parakeets to... So you couldn't work in the low country on one of those lagoon courses with the herons breeding and making squawking noises and all that. No, no, it'll be, not. it would it would be a take a lot of acclimation. Maybe I might start wearing headphones when I ride around. That is awesome. sorry, I didn't mean to distract right. y'all from serious turf, but birds do turf damage. I, That's all. I, I, yes, I got. I could tell by the look on your face that you remembered that conversation. <laughs> oh yeah. So Stephen, you mentioned earlier about old Barnwell getting a lot of accolades and a lot of attention and. Um, what do you think um, sets it apart from, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of new courses being built right now, and um, what do you like about Old Barnwell, or to you, what is what is special about it? Well, the, uh, it's a, from the, the mission statement kind of where they're, it's, it's a, a high-end private club. But you don't get the, you know, the, the membership is very nice. They're cordial. They, you know, they, they're waving high. You know, you don't, you know, you don't have to kind of blend into the background when they're coming around. The owner is a great guy. He's, you know, he's, you know, he just talks to you. When the first time I met him, I called him Mr. Schreiber, and he said, my name is Nick. And I said, okay, Mr. Schreiber. And he said, that's my dad. <laughs> so you call him Nick. You know, the the management is great. John is now, you know, he's a well-known, well-respected man in, in the industry, and he's very nice, very down-to-earth, very pleasant. Chase, I'm sure a lot of people know him. Some, some don't know him, but, you know, he come from Diamond Creek, so they're, you know, they're very nice guys. They're very accommodating to an old guy like myself. The, but, of course, it's, it's a unique. It, I don't want to compare what we have to anybody else. There's a lot of nice places out here. Yeah, I'm looking out the window here where we're at here. And, uh, at, uh, we ain't spoiled today, are we? Yeah, a good view, good view. So, you know, 
But to me, I've never been to Scotland. I've just seen pictures and stuff. And to me, it reminds me of a, a place that you would see on the coast of Scotland. On our upper loop, we don't have, we have very limited trees where it's kind of a wide open. And that's kind of the, uh, the, uh, the gist of what I believe uh, Brian Snyder and Blake designed. Uh, that's their, from what I understand, like the, the Heathland courses. It's walking only, right? Yeah, yeah, we do have some uh, we do have some cards for people that you know if it, if they need it's a but it's a experience. it's a handicap, not a weight thing, right? Yeah. Speaking of walking and weight, um, you had a loop around a tree farm, didn't you? I did. Yeah, and is you, that is that where you, it was just the other day? How, how'd that hip do on that? That was a that was a toughie. I think I it was a, a little longer than I anticipated and a little. A little more hilly than I anticipated. I'd only been around one other time, and that was in a, in a cart. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I go ahead and get the cat out of the bag here. My soon-to-be son-in-law is a senior assistant at the tree farm. Oh, cool. Uh, Colby Taylor. Yep, my, Colby. Him and my daughter are getting married in March. Good uh, for y'all. So he'd, he'd taken me around one time, just a, kind of a quick tour on a, on a cart. And then it was – walking it is a little different. <laughs> I, I lightened. I uh, I took a lot of extra goodies out of my golf bag the next day. <laughs> you might go with ten clubs next time, huh? Uh, ten clubs and uh, probably about forty less golf balls. Look, <laughs> best caddy line I've ever heard was down in a secession, and the guy grabbed my bag, and I forget who I was playing with, but it didn't matter. He set the other one bag down, and he grabbed mine. He's like, "All right, buddy, it's like mountain climbing. We dealing in ounces, not pounds here." He's like, you're going to go get rid of about half of whatever's in here and bring it back and let me try this again. <laughs> it was awesome because I probably had three dozen balls in there not knowing what to expect. Yeah, you know? rain gear, oh, and umbrella. I have the magic round, play with one golf ball the entire day at secession. You know, I mean, it's like, well, how does this happen? Anyhow, sorry. So, Aiken, is that going to be home? So you got some land there? Yeah, yeah. we uh, Doing some projects, building yeah, the homestead. We, yeah, we bought uh, five acres out in the country. I got chickens? No, wife wants wants some. I keep telling her. I keep telling her no, but you know. that wouldn't go good with the whole bird thing, would it? Well, that's, well, that's, 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 you that's see where I was going with that. Uh, she wants them, but she said she's okay with that. But she wants a goat too. I'm like, I'm like you can build a fence and stay yeah. on that side of the house. Yeah, she uh, she says she wants a goat, especially when my daughter going to move out. So we're going to be empty nesters, and uh, it's going to be a. So you don't need I, any competition to your mowing at Whitaker National, do you, with a no, goat? No, I, that's why I tell her, I said, you think you want a goat, but they're not as easy to take care of. They don't smell that great either. Steve, where um, do you speak Spanish? Poquito. You write, you write your, your tweets in Spanish a, a fair amount, don't you? You're a Google Translate Google guy. Google Translate, you know. Okay. Well, you Technology, you gotta, you, if it's there, use it. Yeah. Yep. I, I I guess I I was under the impression you fooled me then. I was under the impression you were a Spanish speaker. Uh, no, no. I, uh, learning a little bit with uh, some of our crew guys are uh, native Spanish speaking guys, so that's learning a lot through them, and they make fun of me a lot. Uh, I'm uh, my nickname on the course is Paw. They all call me Paw, and uh, even even a couple guys that are older than me, they call me Paw. You look like a Paw, doesn't he, yeah. Tim? I'm not. I'm not commenting. You know, uh, he, he's he, there's certain things he I, won't answer today. I'm not well, going to answer I, either. When they first started calling me that, it was over the summer, and I was like, I asked uh, one of our guys that pulled him outside. I said, are they making fun of me? He said, no, it's a sign of respect in the, in the Spanish culture. You know, they call you Paul. And, uh, and a couple guys called me uh, 
Tio, I guess, I guess it roughly translates to uncle. Kind of, yeah, it kind does. Tio, yeah. So uh, you know, a couple, couple of guys we had that worked over some of they called me uncle. It was, so I kind of find out it was. Uh, if they know, call you Don, you know you've really made it. Yeah. So yeah, they, uh, they, uh, I think they uh, get a kick out of the old guy that gets out there and runs because you know, I'm on the short end. I'm. 23 years older than the next guy on the crew. That's from director down. And from the long end, I'm 30 years older. My my uh, compadre, our other assistant, is 24. <laughs> Mr. Thinking, Travis Campbell. Yeah, Mr. Travis Campbell. Who's uh, been on this podcast. He has. Yep. And uh, he's 24 and I'm 55. Wow. What's the first car you ever drove? First car I ever drove was... Don't know the year, but I know it was a Rambler. Three on the tree. Wow. In a field. Yes. My uncle had one. There was a big cow pasture beside his house, and we went out and drove around that. Did you hit any patties? Probably. I probably hit more than uh, The difference uh, between a fresh one and an old one's definitely, definitely noticeable, especially with three on the tree, I would think, because that means the suspension wasn't that great in that model yes. either. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, what else we got for him? He stayed I, for a full episode. We ain't blending in with anybody else. No, this is, this has been great. I don't have anything else, Steve. Just uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for slipping away from this education yeah, here at I the assistant. Like taking him away. Well, it's, it's all for a good cause. You know, Steve gives a lot to the for Twitter sure. community in the Carolinas. So he certainly, you know, tags our associated um, Twitter handles quite a bit. So. For sure. Is there anything you'd want to tell the world that we forgot to ask you? No, I just uh, you know I appreciate all the uh, all the followers and all the kind words and the likes and everything everybody gives me. You know, it's a it's a like you said, I'm not a, not not looking for any accolades for Steve. I really don't care. Very, I think there's maybe a dozen pictures I've posted of myself on there by myself. So it's not really anything I'm looking for to uh, pat myself on the back. I, I give all the credit where Chris due, and first and foremost is to God for allowing me to. Be able to hang with these young guys that, you know, most guys my age are looking to get out of the business. You have know, 55, their guys are looking looking for their exit strategy, and I'm still looking for my uh, figuring out what's going to be my next step in the progress. Am I going to – could be at Old Barn. Well, I could, this could be where I, I finish out my career. I don't know. You know, I just – I play it day by day. I give them – give the guys 100%. I love coming to work. I'm sure I get – Aggravate them a little bit. I'm an old guy. I can't get grouchy every now and then. <laughs> they they tolerate me a little bit, and if, I guess if I'm getting too much on, they send me off on go look for something on the backside of the course that they lost or whatever. I don't, that's, yeah, that's great. But hey, it's you know it's I'm 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 privileged to work with them. It's you know it's my honor to work with them. To from the guys that get out and mow and uh, pull and poa to the to to John. You know it's my honor to work with all those guys. They, you know they they've enriched my life and helped me to do things and meet people that I've. Probably would never would have got to do. So I'm really, really pleased. And with that, thanks everybody for listening in to another episode of Pulling Weeds.